Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the miracle of life. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your kindness. We thank you for accepting us. We thank you for liking us. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Word. We thank you for the blood that keeps on speaking better things concerning our lives. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We thank God that he has qualified us to see another day. And whilst he has done that, he would work the works of he who qualified us while we are in the day season of our lives. Because we know that of surety that the night season will come when we will not be able to work. And tonight we just want to look at something briefly that we have titled The Slothful. The Slothful. But before that, we just want to remind ourselves that in conjunction with being alive unto God, the six or seven prayers we want to pray consistently this year, we are reminded that under reproduction, we are praying for one person, at least one person or one institution or one entity. And I mean institution by maybe your church or local assembly or maybe the government or maybe a ministry. Uh, and not like church ministry, maybe the ministry of roads in Ghana or the ministry of finance or the, any of these things because we are praying, we are interceding for them because Paul tells us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that first of all, prayers and intercessions be made for all men. So we are praying for everybody. And I noticed that personally, even as I, I do these things, I realize that my prayer list keeps increasing. So first it was just about one person. But now I have about three or four people or entities in a month. So you may start with just one person a month. But I'm sure by the third, four month, when God sees that genuine desire, He would increase the load. He would take you a step further. He would take you deeper. And as I said earlier on in previous episode, that God does not gossip. And until God sees that you are genuinely concerned about Ghana, God will speak to you about Ghana. Until God sees that genuinely concerned about your family, God will not speak to you about your family or about your friend or about anything that's happening around if all your prayer is about your breakthrough. That's all God is to you about. And this thing that we are doing will require energy. And that's why even as we're in the earlier parts of the month, God wants to remind us that nothing gets achieved without putting in the work. That you cannot achieve anything when you don't put in the corresponding work. So one of my favorite scriptures I've come to love is Hebrews 6 verse 2. And last year as well, the scriptures that in more than one episode we looked at that says that do not be slothful but be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise and then lastly our focus more was on faith and promise but then before you can exhibit faith and patience sorry not promise before you can exhibit faith and patience there's a first thing that you must note you must not be slothful a faith-filled person is not a lazy person a patient person is not a lazy person. So to be slothful means that you will not have faith, neither would you have patience. These two cannot go together. And it's interesting that the Bible says that we should not be lazy in what? In imitating people, in copying people. You see, one of one spiritual instructor has really dealt extensively on the act of copying or the act of emulating those who have gone ahead of you. 
And if you look at developing our nations that are superpowers, that's all they, they did. If you look at the Asian countries, the, the China, the Japan, they were simply emulating countries that have gone ahead of them. And in few years, they have been able to recover everything and they are becoming world superpowers because all that they did was to copy those who have done it. And that alone takes a lot of energy. So to inherit a promise of God, you cannot afford to be lazy. So it's not just about having faith and about demonstrating patience. It's about being a certain kind of a person, being a diligent person. Now, we're just going to look at who a slothful person is. And as I did in last week's episode, all I did was to put the word slothful in, in my Bible app. And it gave me all instances where the word was used. And we'll be going through as much, if not all of them, and just see some things, certain characteristics of a lazy person. So that in case you see those characteristics in your life, then you know what you need to do. Now, to be slothful or to be lazy simply means that you are not willing to put in the work or you are not willing to use your energy. And in the Bible, mostly in Proverbs, I think about 90% of the word was used in Proverbs. It was used once in the book of Judges, once in the book of Hebrews, once in Romans, and once in Matthew. The rest was in the book of Proverbs. And every time the word slothful came up, the opposite of it was a diligent person. So you see that the diligent hand shall rule, but the slothful shall be a slave. Anytime you see the word slothful, the opposite is always diligent. So to be slothful means that you are simply not willing to put in the necessary work for whatever dream, for whatever promise, or for whatever agenda you have. And especially as we are in the earlier part of of the year, God is reminding us that your year would not be an ordinary year if you are willing to put in the work. Someone who knows what he needs to do and does not do it is a lazy person. And God is saying that for this year to be extraordinary, for this year to be a standout year for you, for this year for you to achieve all your aspirations, all your dreams, you cannot afford to be a lazy person. You cannot afford to be slothful. In Romans 12 verse 1, the Bible says, do not be slothful in business. So even in our business, even in our our profession, even in our career, even in our personal lives, Romans 12 verse 11 says, do not be slothful in business. And it's very important that we appreciate these things as believers because there's mostly a thin line between being a lazy person and being a spiritual person because there are many Christians who are hiding behind spirituality and time and chance and and, and miracle money and miracle things to not put in the necessary work that their vision, that their dream, that God's purpose for their lives need. So you see in Matthew 25 verse 26 about the parable of the talent, the person who wants to hear this talent, most of the times we focus on the fact that he was afraid. That is why he hid this talent. But the master in describing him gives us a wonderful indication. He said, thou wicked and slothful servant. And I think I explained another episode, what does God require from us? So if you have not listened to it, you can always um, make time and listen to it. I explained why the master called him wicked. But tonight we are looking at why the master called him lazy. Because to make use of your talents, to make use of what God has given to you, requires you to not be lazy. Everything, almost everything in this natural state is not valuable. So gold in this natural state is not as valuable as compared to refined gold. Cocoa, and I'm a Ghanaian, that's why I'm using cocoa. Cocoa in this natural state 
is not as valuable as chocolate. So there are some numbers floating that the cocoa industry is worth around 300 million, around 300 to 500 million. But the chocolate industry is worth 3 to 5 billion US dollars because cocoa is not as valuable as chocolate. A tree, of course, a tree is valuable, but the price of or, or, or what you can get from a tree is not as valuable as the tree itself. So everything left in this natural state is not valuable. And to transform everything from its natural state to a more valuable state would require work. And the servant, the man who received the one talent, because he was not willing to put in the necessary work, he was not even willing to go and give it to traders, to people to do business. He went for the easiest option to bury his talents. And the master is saying that the reason why he is burying his talent is because he's lazy. I present to you, dear Christian friends, that the reason why we are not using our talents amidst the fear is because of laziness. Because when you look at the work it takes, we just go like, you know what? God gives his beloved sleep. They give sleep on. But tonight, God wants to remind us that 2023 is a good year. 2023, you will eat the good of the land. If only you are willing to put in the necessary work. If only you are willing to use energy. If only you are willing to not be lazy. So you just rush through certain scriptures that talk about laziness. But there will be two scriptures that we will take our time to peruse. And one thing I noticed that... Uh, a main feature of a lazy person is poverty. So let's quickly rush through certain scriptures. Then you look at our main scripture, that, our main scripture that will be perusing. Let's start with Proverbs 12, verse 24. So we are literally going to go through all the all the scriptures that talks about laziness. So, well, the first one is in Judges 18, verse 9. The first one. That says that the B part, do not be slothful. Go on and possess the land. So God was telling the Israelites in the book of Judges that you have fought all battles. Now all you need to do, Moses has led you through the wilderness. The promised land is before you. All you need to do is not be lazy, but to move on and inherit the promised land. And for many of us, God has prepared the table before us in the presence of our enemies. For many of us, God has cleared all the giants and our enemies. For many of us, the promised land is standing right in front of us. All we need to do is not be lazy and make the move of entering into your promised land. Entering into your promised land. And last week I gave the example of a carpenter in my neighborhood, how he was the only carpenter. But because of slothfulness, a new carpenter comes in and takes almost all the contracts in the neighborhood. Every building he's doing it, every roof he's doing it, every furniture he's doing it, every contract he's doing it. Because one person decided to be lazy and one person decided to put in the labor. But yet, the lazy one will be blaming God for the breakthrough. And that's why for many of us, the only way we think we can make money is by demanding for higher pay or increasing the product, the price of our goods or service. And most people will rather choose a cheaper option. So if there are two carpenters, one can do a, a furniture for, let's say, 100 cities, and the other one is doing it for 200 cities, the one who's even charging 200 cities will not do a good job and when he says it will be ready in a week, it gets ready in two weeks after much hustling. What do you expect God to do? So now the next scripture is Proverbs 12 verse 24. It says, The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be a slave. So who is a slothful person? You end up becoming a slave. You end up not being the controller of your life. 
people determine when you wake up people determine everything about you that's where slaves you are no longer your own you are the beck and call you are the mercy of the rich your life is is dependent on the mercies of people their diligent hand shall rule but the hand of the lazy shall be his slave in proverbs 12 verse 27 it says the slothful man roasted not that we took in hunting that which he took in hunting but the substance of the diligent man is precious let's look at this version let's look at this scripture in the NIV proverbs 12 the verse number 27 it says the lazy do not roast any game but the diligent feed on the riches of their hands so a lazy person will go into or go for hunting but he won't get any animal and you know they'll start go oh, after all i tried i went to the field i went into the forest i didn't get any animal and he's saying that a lazy person will never get a game or will never get an animal to kill but the hand that is diligent will feed on the riches of his hunting so the reason why you are not getting any meat is not because of the economy per se even though it has the economy has an effect but that's not the reason why you are not getting any gain the reason why you are not getting any breakthrough is not necessarily because of the environment you find yourself in is because of laziness let's look at proverbs 15 the verse number 11 about the slothful person he says the way of the slothful man is as an edge of thorns but the way of the righteous is made plain so you see that if you are going to the house of a lazy person the pathway of a lazy person that the road that leads to his house is full of thorns but the road that leads to a righteous person's house or a diligent person's hands so you see that here this in the king james version instead of using the word diligence it uses the word righteous so being diligent is righteous and being lazy is unrighteous Now the reason why the lazy man's road is full of thorns is because the lazy man is expecting that somebody else will come and clear the thorns of his road. Both the lazy man and the diligent man thorns will be on his road, but it is your job to make sure that every morning you weed your you cut off the weeds, you clear the thorns out of your road. So if you look at Africa we are expecting other people to come and develop our nation for us our continent for us even though we have more than enough I missed all what slave trade happened or I missed all what slave trade did to Africa the continent is still rich but our way is full of thorns bitterness because of laziness because people who are heads of institutions people who are heads of of critical bodies that are supposed to pay the price of creating right policies of doing the right things are only sitting on chairs charging or demanding for fantastic things i don't want to say what they are demanding for forgetting that if the country does well they would also enjoy it they would enjoy the most but all that they do is just go there and be making demands so we take the laziest approach to life i am one day i was listening to the news and one of these state institutions the ceo the boss oh yeah and 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 they recorded i think 100% um loss and they were rejoicing and the the journalist was like hey in this year i've recorded 100% loss something funny i'm not sure if my my expression but they recorded a, a, a loss yeah 100% i remember something like that and the guy was rejoicing and the ceo made an interesting statement that hey it has been one year in office and i've recorded 100% he says this has been the best in the country's history 
or before him were recording 200, 300, 400 percent loss in an institution. How can you run an institution for years and record 200, 300, 400 percent loss, not 10, not 40, 100? That when somebody records 100 percent loss, he's considered a hardworking person, he's considered an excellent leader, and it is no surprise that we are where we are as a continent. And it will be no surprise you would be where you would be as a person if you are slothful. So the way of a slothful man is ahead of thoughts. And I'll get back to the scripture when we are perusing our male scriptures. The next one is Proverbs 18 verse 19. He also that is slothful in his work is a brother to he that is a great waster. Now the main reason why people are poor now, please take note. I didn't say the main people are born into poor families. Born in, being born into a poor family is absolutely not your choice. But whether you die poor is absolutely your choice. So he's saying that the main reason why people are poor is because they are lazy. But then it's not the only reason. Some people do have money, but they are wasters. They make thousand cities, they blow thousand cities. They make two thousand, they blow two thousand. And the interesting thing is this. The lazy person has a brother, and his brother is a great waster. So both a lazy person and a waster are both poor people. So for you, you may be hardworking, but when you make 2000 you spend the 2000 When you make 5000 you spend the 5000 and your brother is a lazy person. Let's go to Proverbs 19, verse 15. Proverbs 19, verse 15. It says that laziness brings on deep sleep, and the shiftlessness go hungry. Yet again, poverty, laziness. Poverty, laziness. So Proverbs 19.15. Let's go to Proverbs 19, verse 24. The verse 24, it says, A slugger buries his hand in the dish. He will not even bring it back to his mouth. So a lazy person can be given food. He would have energy to put his hand into the food. But to move his hand from the food or from the bowl or the plate into his mouth, he doesn't have the energy to. And many people are working in fantastic organizations. Many people have been positioned in lucrative careers. Many people have got education skills of that can fetch you millions. But because of their laziness, they can't even move their hand from their bowl or their plate into their mouth. Let's look at the last one before we look at our main scripture that will be perusing. Proverbs 21 verse 25. The craving of a slugger will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. So all the scriptures we have read, poverty and laziness are twins. And for many of us, all the things we have written that you want to achieve this year, many of the things are dependent on money. And I'm sure more than 50% of the things we want to achieve this year are dependent on money. And God is saying that if you want the money, you need to put in the work for it. But now let's look at our two scriptures, our two main scriptures that we want to pray with. Proverbs 22 verse 13, it says, this is what, uh, so I, and I'm going to title this, the voice of laziness. So I want to give you two main characteristics of a lazy person so that we can tell if you are being lazy or not. Because we know that if you are lazy, you won't inherit the promise. If you are lazy, you will not make good use of the talent that God has given to you. If you are lazy, you cannot thrive in business. If you are lazy, you cannot enter the promised land. If you are lazy, you would be poor. 
But the issue is, what does laziness look like? Because for many of us, we may be lazy, but we may never know that we are lazy. So we may be comfortable. But now let's look at how a lazy person speaks and how a lazy person looks like. Verse 13 of Proverbs 22. It says that the sluggard say, or the slothful say, or the lazy person says, there's a lion outside. I will be killed in the public square. The lazy man is saying this. The same thing is repeated in the verse, in the chapter 26 of verse 13. And let's go over there because we'll be reading from verse 13 to verse 17. It says, The slugger buries his hand in the dish, but he's too lazy to bring it to his mouth. So here again, Solomon is repeating the same proverb. And now he adds another one. He says, The slugger is wise in his own eyes than serving people who answer discreetly. Like the one who grabs a street dog by the ears is someone who... Ra- okay, no. We don't, we don't need that. So yes, so that's Proverbs 26 verse 13. So I, I, I skipped, I missed the verse 13. So the verse 13 says that the slacker says there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. Now this scripture can be interpreted in two ways. The first one is that difficulties become the excuse of a lazy person. So the guy is saying that the reason why I can't go outside and go and work is because it's challenging. And you see, I've come to realize that that you can always come up with good excuses not to work. Sometimes it can be fantastic. Oh, I need to spend time with my family. I need to spend time with my kids. I need to do this. I need to do that so I cannot go. This is what the slothful person says. Of course, a balance comes in over here. And one day we look at balance and moderation. But the issue is this. A diligent person sees challenges as opportunities. But a lazy person sees challenges as excuses. Africa is challenging. Ghana is challenging. But the Bible says that if you are willing and obedient, there's a good in this land that you would eat. So maybe the good is not as good as Europe good, but at least it is good. When God says something is good, it is good. It's a lazy person who will blame his poverty on the state of his country. Of course, it has a significant effect on what you can achieve, but at least you will not be poor. You may not be wealthy or you may not be a billionaire or a trillionaire, but at least you will not be poor. So the Bible never really says that the diligent person shall be rich. He says that you will not be poor. As for poverty, you will not be poor. Because the Bible again says in proof that labor not to be rich. So God doesn't even want us to be rich. Doesn't even, sorry, God doesn't even want us to work to be rich. So there's a reason why God wants us to work, but not necessarily to be rich. But if you do not work, poverty is a surety for you. And a lazy person sees that difficulties is the reason why I am not prospering. These Ghanaian people, they won't pay. If I do this, uh, if I can't start this business because of so-so and so, they are saying so-so. It is all wonderful things. But in that same industry you are complaining about, in that same economy you are complaining about, in that same um, 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 course that you read and you are complaining about, why am I going to do this course in Ghana? People are using that course to make a living, a decent living. People are using that course 
to escape poverty. People are using that same cause to achieve their dreams. But you are saying that there's a lion in the streets. Whenever difficulties become your excuse for not putting in the work, you are sounding like a lazy person. I am not saying you are lazy, don't worry. But you are sounding like one. That's one way you can look at this verse. Another way you can look at this verse is that lions are not found on streets. Because lion is a wild animal. It's found in the in the bush or in the wild. Lions are not found in cities. They are not found on the streets. So for you to say that there's a lion in the street, you are creating your own problem. Lions do not roam streets. So all that this guy is saying is that he would do everything and say everything just not to get the work done. So he's creating his own image and shifting the focus away from the work that needs to be done and blaming it on an imaginary problem. And when you work in the Ghanaian environment, you see a lot of people like this. A lot of people are always shifting the blame as to why they are not meeting deadlines, as to why they are not producing results, as to why they are not getting things done to a lion in the streets. Whereas there are other people in the same streets that are paying the price of getting the work done. So whenever difficulties become your excuse, you are lazy. And whenever you are finding every possible means not to get the work done, you are lazy. For some of us, you are supposed to start certain projects, but you have come up with every excuse. If they say this, you say that. If they say that, you say this. If they say right, you say left. If they say left, you say. You are coming up with every possible excuse. And I go to work by this time. I have kids. I have, a, I have that. I have that. I have this. I have that. You are coming up with every excuse not to get the work done. You are a lazy person. But now the main one is Proverbs 24, verse 30. And King Solomon is speaking here. He said that I went past the field of a slugger. And it is very interesting. I, I, it didn't occur to me. Mostly, King Solomon was a king. And mostly, kings are in their palace. You hardly see kings roaming around streets unless they are in a convoy on the way for a meeting or a dinner. <laughs> but King Solomon said that I went past the field of a slugger. So you could see that. No wonder Solomon was wise. You must go past fields. That is why you must be a traveler. You learn a lot and you travel. And by travel, don't come up with an excuse and say, I can't afford plane tickets. Sometimes in your neighborhood, it, it fascinates me. I remember one day I saw a friend, a school friend in my neighborhood. And I was like, hey, what are you doing here? The person asked me, what are you doing here? I said, ah, this is my neighborhood. The person said, this is also my neighborhood. I've been here since I was a child. I'm like, what? And I've been here for about 10 years. We have never seen each other. So just my small neighborhood, there are many places I have not seen. Sometimes when I'm even taking a stroll, I like to just use corners and just to see what, and I'm amazed that all these things are in my neighborhood. But that's not the thing I have. But that's very important. And King Solomon said that I went past the field of a slugger. How did he know this field belonged to a lazy person? Because I don't think that on the persons, on the entry to the farm or the field, there will be a banner that says, the field of a lazy person. But Solomon is giving us how he knew that this field belonged to a lazy person. And I like what he said. I went past the field of a slugger, past the vineyard, the same person of someone who has no sense. King James says, who has no understanding. A lazy person is a person without sense or a person who lacks understanding. That's more nice. And the basic understanding that a person who is lazy lacks is that nothing will get done unless you do it. That is why the lazy person is shocked that his path is full of thorns. 
and the person start blaming the soil. Eh, why is my path full of tongues? I can't leave the house. And you know, walking in the midst of tongues is unbearable. It's, it's not something that you want to do. So if in my neighborhood, in front of my road, or the, the, the road in front of, sorry, the road in front of my house has tongues, I'll say, Charlie, let me stay in the house. I can't. Common bread I want to go and buy, I'll be getting tongues. But how did the tongues get there in the first place? Because I refuse to clear the road every morning. I refused to do the weeding. I refused to do the clearing of the tongues. And I was thinking that by some mysterious means, the tongues will clear on its own. That is the understanding that a lazy person lacks. The lazy person lacks the understanding that the only way work will get done is by doing the work. So look at what happens. He said, I went past the vineyard of someone who has no understanding. And what did he see? Tongues had come up everywhere. Stones had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone walls was in ruin. Three things. The ground was covered with thorns. Thorns were everywhere. And the ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruin. By their fruits, you shall know them. So the only reason why Solomon was confident enough to know that this person was a living person was the fruit this person was producing. I always say this, when I talk, I was talking to a guy at work, and it was about 40, and the guy was talking, and I was like, I kept asking myself, how is this guy here? And after my discussion with him, I came to a conclusion, now I'm sounding like Solomon, <laughs> I came to a conclusion that God gives everybody opportunity. And as this guy was telling me, opportunities he had, access he had in his 20s and his 30s, people that he worked with, opportunities that he handled, and I look at his life now, I now understand why laziness goes with poverty and why a wasteful person is always a poor person. And as he was telling me, I just saw two things. I am lazy, I am wasteful. And as he was telling me this story, when we started working like, let's say, three, four months together, and now it has been more than a year of us working together, and I just understand more why he's where he is. When I look at the choices and the decisions he has taken, said it's it's, it's it's not a surprise you are here and it's not going to be a surprise when you find yourself in life if there are thorns in your life painful obstacles in your life that what thorns are it is not because god is against you it's not because you're in a bad country it's not because you're in a poor country it's not because you're in a developing country don't say oh if i was you things would have been better things would have been better but the reason why you have painful obstacles in your life is because you were lazy so the first thing was that there were thorns everywhere, everywhere, painful obstacles. In your finances, painful obstacles. In your family, painful obstacles. In your health, painful obstacles. Your life is full of painful obstacles. Whenever you see someone's life, especially at a particular age, it clearly tells you that this person is a lazy person. The second thing is that they were weeds all over the ground and weeds are unwanted plants so even a good plant like maize or cassava can be a weed well, if i'm going cassava i'm not expecting maize so if i see maize it's a weed so an unwanted event so the characteristics of a lazy person is that one you would have painful obstacles and difficulties two you will have unwanted results in your life so if you have said, I'll be a billionaire, I'll be a millionaire, I'll be a whatever, I'll have all these things. If you do not have those results, but you are having the opposite results, it's as a result of laziness. Of course, 
this must be hard or this must be understood in context because God will take you through seasons. But you can't be in a season permanently because seasons are not permanent. Seasons change. But if you look at your life and you are narrating the events of your life and all we see are unwanted results, it simply means that you are a lazy person. The third thing of a lazy person is that the stone wall is in ruin. A sense of security is absent. So these are people that every emergency they find themselves in, they have to call a friend for help. Their child gets sick, they have to call, borrow me money. Their mom is sick, borrow me money. My car tire, borrow me money. I need to pay fees, borrow money. I need to do the borrow money. There is no sense of security in their lives. Their walls are ruined. Their walls are ruined. So if you are at a particular age, you have painful difficulties. All that you are seeing in your life are unwanted results. And at the least window blows, you need to call a friend for money. You need to call for something. You, you are not independent. It means that you are a lazy person. So the verse 32, Solomon said, I applied my heart to what I observed. Solomon is wondering, ah, how come this person's farm and vineyard is full of thorns, weeds, and the walls are broken down? Then I applied my heart to what I observed and I learned a lesson from what I saw. And look at the lesson. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of their hands to rest. And poverty. You see poverty? Poverty is, is with laziness. So throughout Proverbs, everywhere you see the word laziness, you see the word poverty. So if you look at Africa, if you consider Africa a poor continent, it simply means that Africa is a lazy continent and if you have not been you can come around and look at it look at the work attitude these same people when they go to europe they'll be working 12 hours a day 18 hours a day the same person would work less than five hours a day and yet be demanding for humongous salaries so if you come to africa those who make the most money are those who work the least because they occupy positions just to drink from there <laughs> If you know, you know. So it says that a little sleep, and I think on, on a previous episode, I talked about this. So what is laziness? A laziness is a little sleep. Extra one hour sleep. Extra one hour of slumbering. You are dozy, you are not sleeping, but you, you are not awake. You are slumbering. And an extra folding of arms to rest. I always say this. If you are in an eight to five job, as they say, or a nine, sorry, nine to five. So whether you do nine to five or eight to four, or seven to three, whatever. But if you do those eight hours kind of work, and all you do after work is to come down and say, I'm tired, oh, eat and sit behind the TV, or press your phone, or watch a movie, or Netflix and chill, you are a lazy person. You are a lazy person. I repeat, you are a lazy person. Don't use family as an excuse. Oh, if, if, you are going to help your kids do your homework. That is fine. That's not being used. But look at what you do after work. Evaluate your life after work. So let's say you close at five and Ghana, let me assume that by seven you get home and by ten you sleep. So what do you do from seven to ten? That little three hours is what can change your life. And God is saying that the dream you want to achieve is between that seven to ten that you are awake before you go to bed. Those three hours is what can radically change your life. That's a little sleep. That's a little slumber. That's a little folding of your arm to rest. 
to rest, to rest. You see, that's the thing that the lazy man will say, oh, he's not going to say he's good. Oh, I'm just resting. I'm just taking a break. That little break is what is going to make poverty descend on you. And don't look at poverty just in terms of finances. Poverty in your relationship, poverty in your health, poverty all around is as a result of a little sleep, a little slumbering, a little folding of the arms. And God is saying that we need to work. We need to pay the price. God is reminding us you don't need to wait for another new year. You can reset your year if you have not made good use of your year. If you have wasted the past two months, it is never too late. Do not wait for next year. Reset your year now. Especially those periods between the time you get to the house and the time you sleep. What do you want if for nothing at all? Let me suggest one thing you can do every day after work if you are not going to church. Now let me... I know we are all Christians, so you go to church for a meeting. The days you are not going to church, if for nothing at all, read a book during that time. I've made it my ambition. I bought a fresh set of 40 books that I'm going to read this year. So days that I'm not at church, I'm not going for church, or I'm not having work to do. Not because I don't have work to do, but say, oh, but days I can't be working also every day after work. I've put my mind that even if I'll be pressing the TV remote, I'll be having the book in front of me to read, and I'll look at the TV remote more, watch some small news. But I'm not going to just watch TV or watch a movie or Netflix and chill or press my phone till I go to sleep. I refuse that life, and you must refuse that life because that's a little sleep, that's a little slumber is what's going to change your life. They say, don't sleep after work, but work after work. Let's look at the last thing. And it's a video we play on our YouTube channel that I just want us to take a look at the virtuous woman, even in our marital life. Now, let's look at the virtuous woman and let's see what we can learn from it. That's Proverbs 31, verse 10 following. It says that a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. And almost every girl who has walked around in the church, she knows this thing. But let's look at why she's worth more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Why? Why? Now look at what she does. She brings him good, no harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with her eager hands. She is like a merchant ship. They are describing one woman as a ship. Hmm bringing good from afar she won't say that my country my land there's famine so we are all fasting and praying she won't say that it has not rained for days even if it doesn't rain she's going afar to bring food verse 15 she gets up while it is still night she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants <laughs> she considers a field and buys it so the people who have been posting virtuous women on their bio whatsapp bios and status please look at what it means what you are claiming you are and the men who are claiming they want virtuous women look at the woman you are looking for she wakes up at night and provides for their family even she keeps a portion for her female slaves she doesn't wake up and go and tell the female slaves oh yeah wake up and go and get food she wakes up at night and if Oga and madame has woken up at 4 a.m you house help how dare you sleep at 4 a.m she considers a field and buys it out of her earnings, not out of the money her husband gives to her, not out of her top money, not out of her 
allowance but out of her earnings and she plants a vineyard so she buys a field and she does not leave the field like that but she plants a vineyard so there's something i even forgot to mention about the 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 the, the field of a slothful man how can a lazy man have a field and a vineyard he probably inherited it because this man i'm not sure he's going to get any money by his own works to buy a field or a vineyard so he inherited it so those who are born into rich wealth or are born into riches sorry It's not an assurance that they will enrich. And those who are born into poverty, it's not an excuse to die poor. We continue. Verse 17. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tax. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and the grabs with the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor. She extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for the household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gates, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies them with merchant sashes. One woman, you are waking up at night to get food. You are like a merchant ship. You are buying land. You are planting vineyards. You are clothing your children. You are feeding your household. You are making your husband respectable. You are clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household. She doesn't allow herself to raise their children. She raises up her children and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Oh, Jesus, a virtuous woman. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and that is the, this is the only portion we know in, in the whole virtuous woman quote. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is uh, fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Please, nowhere in a virtuous woman was she a prayer giant. I'm not saying don't pray. Nowhere in a virtuous woman's court was she a powerful worship leader. And you see, for many of we Christian brothers, immediately we see a lady leading worship powerfully. Ah, she's virtuous. And when she sees that, she says, oh, brother, Sam, she speaks so calmly, please. That is not the criteria for virtue, according to Mr. Solomon. And this one, it was his mother who taught him this. If you read the verse one, the mother was teaching Solomon about who a good woman is. And if you look at all that we have read, if we are summarizing it in one word, a virtuous woman is a hard worker. So when you say virtue, we are not talking about a woman who can stand in prayer. We are not talking about a woman who is always up and down the church. We are talking about a worship leader whose voice is like the angelic um, um, choir. That is not where a virtuous woman is. A virtuous woman is a hard worker. So if the woman is doing this, you the man, what would you be doing? And God is telling us that you writing virtuous woman proverbs 31 woman on your and it's not i see it so often on now in fact it's not a red flag for me when i see any lady post proverbs 31 woman or that is a status or a, a social media bag i say huh, Lydia, i see you too, too 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 i don't trust you because when i look at the demands and the characteristics of a virtuous woman i don't think she'll have time to do certain things you are doing she's a hard worker So the virtuous woman that women are aspiring to be and men are aspiring to marry is a hard worker. And God is saying that in the year 2023, you must pay the price of working. 
you cannot afford to be lazy. Because as a child of God, time and chance is in your favor. You cannot be disadvantaged. So don't say, eh, the race is not to the this or the battle to the strong or the bad. But time, time and chance is in your favor as a child of God. All the prayers you prayed at the first night and the fastings you have done at the beginning of the year, it has aligned the season for your favor. The only thing left is for you not to be slothful, but for you to enter and possess your promised land. Shall we pray? Father, speak to God. Every laziness in your life, that's a little sleep, that's a little slumber. It comes to an end now. No more being sleepy. We will not, you see, no more, Father, no more sleeping. No more little sleeping. No more little slumbering. Father, we don't want to just come back from work and be pressing our phones till we go to bed. No more of that life. We are going to make good use of life after work, of that period after work. No more just coming down and say, oh, I'm tired, oh. Then you cross your leg and you're watching TV. Then you'll be giving excuses. Oh, I had to do the dishes. I had to swim. That is not enough an excuse. If, especially if you're a lady, you are virtuous. If you're a man and you want, if this is who a virtuous woman is, do you know the type of man she would want? Do you qualify? Because if she's waking up at 4 a.m. to do business at far, you the man, which time will you wake up? Father, may we pay the price. Because we know that to inherit the promise, we cannot afford to be lazy. Every laziness in any part of our lives. Oh, I'm tired. The world is run by tired people. The world is run by tired people. So tiredness cannot be an excuse. Tiredness cannot be the excuse why you are bearing your talent. Because God will call you a wicked and a lazy person. Father, we pray for the strength. The strength of this virtuous woman, the strength of this virtuous woman, that during the slow time she laughs because she knows that none of her children will feel the cold. Her husband is praised because she has paid the price of making sure that he's set for the day. Let me pay the price to achieve every desire we have had for this year. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. If you take hard work, trust me, sometimes when I'm working and I'm feeling sleepy, <laughs> And I remember this scripture. I would intentionally stress myself just to be awake for five more minutes. <laughs> just so that I can say that ah, at least I'm not doing a little sleep. I'm not doing a little slumber. But many of us, many believers are lazy. Lazy. All the things about the virtuous woman, nothing was about prayer. Not so this is I don't know when you are in school or campus, we like the people who pray, those who worship, when they hold their mind to sin. <laughs> mercy but may god help us that we will continue to give him our very best and that we owe no man nothing but love see you next week god willing and never lose your job bye bye